Hey now, welcome back to the highway with Kyle Shutt. Little known fact, I love New York City. And this week on the program, we have Dave Castillo, who is the co-owner and mastermind behind the St. Vitus Bar, one of my favorite places to get a beverage in Brooklyn. He also does this industrial dance nightmare project called Confines, and we're going to play a track from his new EP coming up later. God, I love New York. As always, if you like what you've been hearing on the program, eh, click a couple buttons, uh, hit a couple tabs, maybe even save a thing or two, and uh, you do what you got to do to make sure you don't miss a single episode. And if you want to go one step further and help me keep these lights on, you can find us at patreon.com slash the highway. For just a couple bucks a month, you can get yourself a shout out on the program. You can get some guitar lessons from me. Help me keep a six pack of beer in the fridge at all times. Priorities, baby. Priorities. And uh, if uh, for whatever reason I haven't gotten to your shout out yet, go ahead and send me a message. I'm a, I'm an open book. And uh, I also smokes a bit, so, you know, sometimes uh, the names slip through the cracks. But I appreciate every single one of you for listening. And I also really appreciate our sponsors, Heil Sound. Because if you like the way I sound, it's because there's a Heil in front of me. Now, I wish I could go have a beer at St. Vitus Bar every single day, but uh, I'm back in Texas, and it's far, far away in Brooklyn. But I've got the owner on the phone, so that's the next best thing. Let's do things my way. The Highway. What's going on, man? Kyle, how you doing? I'm doing What's good. What's going on? Not a whole lot. Dave Castillo, everybody. New York City legend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, man, dude, fucking how you been doing? It's been a real pandemic, huh? Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I'm, I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy because, you know, um, the bar has been open. I've been playing shows as confines again. And it all has sort of happened as uh, as recently as September 10th, you know. So Man. it was kind of like this jarring, like zero to a hundred kind of vibe, you know, because uh, you know we've come back strong with that. And then you know I'm releasing a record, and I played a great show with King Woman, and I got a record release show coming up, and it's like, oh, the, their new record right, is yeah, awesome, by the way. That the new King Woman is brutal. Oh yeah, it's amazing. She's wonderful. So, um, great friend Christina, and uh, a, a marvelous record. Like so good. So, it was a, a real you know treat to be able to uh, to to open for her and uh, for her to play three nights at Vitus. I mean, that's she totally did insane. three nights and sold them all out. Yeah, it was awesome. So, oh, that is really cool, man. And so it's nice to get back to doing what. I do best what we do best as St. Vitus and, and all that. So it's good. I'm sure you feel the same. Yeah, that, that's great to hear, man. And for, for everyone that doesn't know, Dave uh, is the co-owner of one of my favorite bars up in Greenpoint, uh, St. Vitus Bar. And uh, it's just, I, I can't believe it's been around that long now. It's wild. And um, it, to me, it still seems like a new bar. But uh, And also, uh, your industrial outfit, Confines, uh, has a new EP coming out uh, December, was it 3rd? December 3rd? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. December third. Yeah, and uh, it's just it's fucking awesome. Uh, I, I checked it out. Uh, Curran sent it to me. Shout out to Curran Reynolds, fucking one of the best. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I was it's it, I was wondering exactly when your bar opened. I, I know you probably can't talk about uh, illegal activity, but a lot of bars here in Austin. I'm not naming names, but um, just turned into straight up speakeasies uh, during the pandemic. Oh, wow. and, uh, that was like 
that was my therapy. My, my self-help was going to some bars where, you know, we were all, it was like a very small group of people that knew about, you know, where we were going, what we were doing. We didn't do anything irresponsible, you know, we kept our distance and everything like that, but we just needed a place to go drink a damn beer. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, th- in New York, there was a lot of that going on, especially outdoors. So like the city kind of uh-huh. let, um, like, establishments sort of create these outdoor areas that would you know never be possible before pretty much totally and so it was definitely like a bit more vibrant like that and i also split my time between brooklyn and the jersey shore so down here at the shore there it was you know it's the outdoors is kind of like the draw right so they had like a lot of ability to do that kind of stuff down here and they actually shut down one of the main streets down here just to make it like more pedestrian and like open air, which was interesting. So, um, yeah, there was kind of like a lot of that. So like, if you wanted to, you know, after the first sort of initial, like bigger sort of lockdown where everybody was, you know, freaked out and Mm -hmm. still not quite knowing what we were dealing with, I think, you know, um, it, it kind of evolved a little bit. And so that was definitely some, some solace for Vitus. We just kept it closed, you know, um, The whole, the whole time, you know, so September 10th of this year was the first time that we were open in almost, you know, 18 months of, of any sort. There was no like uh half mast, you know what I mean? It was yeah. just like, did you have it's rent- either kind of all or nothing kind of say, thing. Like, did you have like rent forgiveness or anything like that? Or were you just like hemorrhaging cash the whole time? Um, well, that was very interesting. So, um, you know, without getting like two specifics into our financials, sure. We basically, the first thing that happened, which is like pretty much the most miraculously, uh, miraculous sort of thing, was that uh, we did this Kickstarter campaign, um, and that raised a lot of money. I know that well. <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's no it, heart attack it, like starting a Kickstarter, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it blew it blew us away. It was That's just awesome. totally insane, and. Um, you know, with that, that was the, what really let us sort of survive for being closed for like 18 months, you know, and then you have to get there creative. was federal. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, totally. Yeah. And then there was federal help, but it took a really long time to mm-hmm. get to us. You know, then we were able to kind of like rehire uh, people, put like new money into the bar that was sorely needed, you know, um, that we were kind of planning to do. Uh, you know, when you have a place, you've been open for 10 years, man, you know, things uh, don't last forever. So we had to like, you know, reinvest into it as well. And that yeah. was, you know, part of what we were going to be doing. And so we're very lucky. We're very lucky that people uh, respond to us and what we do and that they were willing to uh, want us to continue being part of their lives. That's the way that I see it, you know, and that was that was like a really fucking beautiful thing. So now here we are and, you know, people are coming. It's great. And, uh, you know, we hope that we can, you know, continue to move past the pen pandemic as it continually like evolves, but it's nice to see that, um, we can provide what we provide to people, which is, I think largely a little bit of escape from, uh, everyday life. You know, totally. and to, to kind of have that like bit of release, like you were saying, you know, have a beer, watch a show, it, you know, uh, let 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 music kind of, 
you know, do what it does for you. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then all the, the problems will still be there when, <laughs> when you wake up. The next day. Uh, it's one of my favorite bars in, uh, in Brooklyn. And, uh, the, the first time I went there, I, I can't remember exactly when it was, it was a while back, but, um, I, I walked in and, uh, they're just blasting the sword. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I walk up to the bar and uh, I'm a terminal smart ass. I can't help myself sometimes. And, uh, the bartender, I, it might've been you. I don't know who it was, but, uh, uh, came up to me and was like, Hey, can I get you something to drink? And I was, I just said, Hey, uh, if your band is playing, when you come in the bar, do you get to drink for free? And, uh, the bartender just rolled their eyes at me. Like I was the biggest asshole on the planet. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take a, you know, a, a, whatever I ordered, ging and a, a shot of, uh, Jameson. And I handed over my card. Uh, to open a tab and then about two minutes later after they gave me my drinks something hits me in the face i was like what the fuck and i looked down and it was my debit card and the bartender's like man you really are in the sword <laughs> <He's> <laughs> like, drinks are on us tonight man have a good time and so that was the first time i ever went to vitus and it's it's had a special place in my heart ever since then we always try to like that's brilliant have- that sounds that 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 would never be me but <laughs> it sounds like it, it sounds like it could be george it sounds like it could be george that really feels that feels very George to me, but uh, I will neither confirm nor deny that that happened uh, my, for myself. But yeah, uh, <laughs> we, yeah, I think George would throw something at you for sure. <laughs> That's hilarious. But yeah, we, we always wanted to play an after show there or something like that. It just never came together especially like you know uh, pre-pandemic days. Uh, New York was just a total madhouse to play a show in one place and then get to another in any sort of timely fashion uh you know it was just near impossible um but uh one of these days we're gonna come up yeah. here and rock Kyle, the point, man. we'll keep that we'll keep that offline that's a between us conversation <laughs> but uh you know we'll be happy to have you guys whenever you know Hell yeah. um it's it's what we do man you know it's it's pretty incredible that you know anyone who you know is of a stature that's more than drawing, you know, the couple hundred people that fit in there wants to play, you know, it's just cool. Uh, like I'm always kind of blown away at the things that happen, but now I'm always trying to kind of figure out ways to do cool stuff and sort of top myself a little bit and, 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 you know, um, just, just make the place fucking cool, you know, continue to make it fun. You got to continue for it. I think it's an outcast quote, Andre 3000. Didn't he say you're only as funky as your last cut? You know, you got to keep playing yes, top right, yourself. Man. And, uh, yeah, is, is there any band, um, any any highlights from, you know, the years that you're just like, you couldn't believe you've like pulled that show off? Oh, yeah. Many times. I mean, uh, Neurosis Jeez. stands out, you know. Um, How loud was I that just, show? Well, yeah, it's wild, man. And I just wasn't <laughs> sure if we could pull it off from a technical perspective. Right. Like, you know, there's a lot of those, there's a lot of people in that band, you know, there's, a lot going on, but shout out to, oh, I forget homeboy's name, but their front of house uh-huh. is like a magician. Like he had them sounding incredible. I think his name is Dave. I'm not exactly sure as well, but he was phenomenal. And uh, they sounded incredible in there. Uh, Anthrax. Um, that's, that's one that I'm just like, dude, now we're getting into like, you know, crazy territory, the Nirvana thing, of course. Right. Uh, there's just been a lot. There's been a lot, you know, like, of all different stripes, even just getting stuff like Portal, you know, they're from Australia. Yeah. Like who who knows when they would ever kind of be around or whatever, you know. So it can be memorable for a variety of factors, you know. When you do a show or play a show or whatever, sometimes it's the circumstances. Like we had a uh, Zola Jesus play 
she finished her show outside in the snow. <laughs> like Whoa. a lot of crazy shit has happened, you know? So it's, you know, a, a lot of different things kind of go into making something magic, you know, how the crowd reacts, the circumstance of the day. That's why I love music's fun, you know, because there's uh, unpredictability to it. Mm-hmm. There's a human, the human element, which can make it either, um, you know, it, it, it might not be great, but it might be great. You have to, you have to, you know, be there to find out and to experience and maybe also be a part of it too, mm-hmm. you know, to create that. Um, I, I feel like there's a lot of things that, you know, the audience brings and like the, you know, as a, as a concert goer, you know, a show goer, you can bring so much to, to, to the whole thing. You know, how many times have you seen, whether it be, you know, at a hardcore show, a dance club, whatever, when a, two or three people start dancing, right? Uh-huh. Like it could just ignite a, a, a room, yes, you yeah. know, because they're, they're, because they're the firsts, you know, to kind of get into it. And then it kind of gives permission for everybody else to be like, all right, we're in, you know, it's, it's great. Like, I, I love that feeling. I've seen it, you know, when I've been a lead singer in, in Primitive Weapons and, and White Widows and, and in more of the metal context, you know, and I've seen it in confines where it's just like, okay, this, this little group of people here is dancing and maybe by the end of the set, we got like 30, 40, 50, the room going, you know, uh-huh. and that's so much, that's so much fun to me, you know? So everyone, everyone can play a part, man, you know? Um, that that's that's kind of the key to it i think so totally. it's pretty amazing i saw that with uh kanga at um uh the psycho vegas this year where you know she's on after uh-huh. like creeping death and all this is like you know basically a black metal festival and she goes on and turned the whole house of blues into a dance party it was fucking incredible man <laughs> i love her i love her she we just, just did a show recently, with right her. yeah 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 um wonderful i think her productions are really awesome really cool person and I think she brings an interesting perspective to that game as well, just the way that she kind of incorporates melody and hooks and her kind of construction of, of song is, is really, uh, it's fun it's, mm-hmm. and, and it's cool. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big proponent of hers and shout out to, to Kanga. She's wonderful, but like, that's totally right, you know? And it's interesting to sort of see how these things can kind of blend together a little bit, you know, like um, my whole life, as far as like musically it's like i grew up on long island and that's you know an hour away from new york city like where i particularly grew up Uh so that was kind of the move right like as as i got a little bit older too and i could kind of get into places or sneak my way into places you know it's like shows are over by like 10 30 or 11 what the fuck else are you gonna do Uh you know (laughs) so it's like let's go out to like clubs and like dance and like you know, listen to, you know, try and find some party that kind of had the right kind of bent to it with the right kind of people that are kind of like into, you know, might also be into punk and into metal and to other things as well. But it's like the parties playing Bauhaus or Gang of Four or like other things that are interesting, you order, whatever, you know. And uh, that was definitely really prevalent when I was growing up and going out and stuff. And uh, it really like shaped pretty much a lot of who I am. And if you look at the programming at Vitus, you know, we're, we're, we're following in the footsteps of a lot of like amazing places that came before us, you know? So that, that's kind of like what we do and and informs the the music I I make. I kind of, you know, uh, I made a lot of, you know, heavy metal music and hardcore music and things in that sandbox for a while. And I guess my music now is a, 
is more of a, like an after 11 o'clock endeavor. <laughs> I love it, man. It's super abrasive. It's uh, I've always been a, a fan of industrial music ever. I'm, I'm sure just like most people in the 90s like uh you know nine inch nails and ministry were kind of like that intro to that kind of stuff but even digging back and like going into like the early ministry records even like that that like super dance pop stuff and everything i've I've always loved that just as much as i have uh, nirvana or whatever like punk music or anything like that and um it's 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 very difficult to create though every time i sit down and i try to do it it's almost like i can never get abrasive enough you know what i mean like uh what <laughs> how do you go about creating like your beats and stuff because I, I talked to um to martin atkins recently uh from Pigface, and i was kind of I, I sort of touched on that but he was like no i don't program anything i just play the shit out of the drums and i just loop it and <laughs> i was it kind of blew my mind i was like oh shit man okay he's just he approached industrial more like like in a full band way but like how do you how do you go about creating your your, your beats and loops and, and just getting those like nasty fucking noises yeah. So, you know, Martin obviously has a lot of skills, you know, like I come at it in a very, I guess. So I had never before confluence had never um, written like a song musically. I had always been like mm-hmm. a singer. Right. But I DJed in clubs a lot over the years. So uh, as you know, DJing and kind of being a part of nightlife, I always, you know, kind of felt like I kind of knew what people moved, what kind of tempos I really liked, mm-hmm. what made me feel like this would, this is going to be like dance floor music, right? And and I had like my ideas about it, so I feel like I had a point of view going in. What I love about industrial music in general is that. It does have like an abrasiveness, but the the good stuff kind of, to me, kind of cuts through and creates kind of like uses that in the dance floor context where you kind of are like, man, like this has like this heaviness, but then it, it just kind of rocks me in a different way. And I kind of don't know what like should I, I want to dance, but I want to dance hard. It's like mm-hmm. if you listen to a, like a sick hip hop beat in a car and it just knocks and you're just like fuck dude and like you can't help but like bob your head felt like industrial did that for me by bringing the right elements of like you know post-punk metal music and 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 kind of like other danceable qualities together so so to answer your question when i first got into it i was just kind of like all right i have this point of view and i want to try and see if i can make it and one of the things that inspired me were were people like the OGs, right? The Einstein, Neubauten's of the world, the Al Jorgensen's of the world, they would sample a lot of their own stuff. So I went, my father is a mechanical engineer. Shout out to Julio Castillo, my dad. He is a mechanical engineer and he has a um, a full shop in, in the house that I grew up in, uh, in uh, on Long Island. So I went there and I recorded, I created samples out of like my dad's machines so like all this crazy you know just i was like all right dad turn on the machine now you know and i'm like oh perfect and like it's like an 80 year old colombian guy was like okay puppy like i love that you know but i'm like look uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna turn this i'm gonna turn this into music he's like okay puppy (laughs) you know like all right um, so I feel like the, my first step was kind of like I had this vision of, of, of bringing, you know, like kind of that old school flavor into it where I'm like, I'm really trying to stay out of the box a little bit in terms of like computers and stuff. I'm like just using samplers and doing that. I kind of started creating a little bit of my own palette a little bit. And, uh, and I wanted 
to have like some flavor like martin's a great drummer right so he can add that kind of uh-huh. humanity that sort of organic randomness into like his productions as well that's kind of the way that i went about like starting to achieve it and then i started like attempting and still i'm attempting to play keys a little bit doing all of that sort of stuff that's awesome that you went and recorded all that stuff. Whenever I did my uh, my Doom Side of the Moon project, which was like a heavy metal sort of Pink Floyd reimagining, uh, we were doing it in this studio that was right next to an old uh, metal shop. And uh, I was at, mm. after a little bit, I was like, yeah, because Pink Floyd, like they were just as famous for like using noise and just soundscapes as they were like writing songs and stuff. And I just for whatever reason, I was like, man, do we have? A, do you think he would let us go in there and record all that shit? Just because he would be in there all day, just like you know. So yeah, like a, a lot of like the the first tracks and all that stuff is all like the uh, the metal shop next door. I just layered all like the machine sounds that we recorded all over each other, and uh, that was about as yeah close as I got to doing something like that. That's hilarious that you did that too. <laughs> yeah, a, I mean that's just kind of what it yeah. is. You know, I mean, it, like when you think about it, you know, and then like you know, obviously Al Jorgensen, you know, like the Godfather kind mm-hmm. of of the of the of the whole thing, and like his sort of progression. And I'm like a big like Twitch fan, particularly out of uh, a lot of ministry. And uh, I just love the way, you know, he's Cuban. It's, it's kind of clear that he has like, you know, that kind of bent to some of his percussion and things of that nature. I was just very influenced by that sort of record and how he kind of brought in a lot of that stuff. And um, just, yeah. And even like code era, like Cabaret Voltaire and stuff of that nature, like really kind of got me going. So I wanted to kind of bring that in. But I'm also really into like a lot of just kind of like the more industrial techno that's sort of happening, you know, Orphix and um, Sound Sermon, Vatican Shadow, J.K. Flesh, which is Justin Broderick's project, you know. So I kind of wanted to see what I can do as far as blending those things sort of together and and seeing where, where my take of it could be, you know, and I, I'm Colombian, so... I, I just like I respond to those rhythms sort of like almost like innately. I'm just like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I like this is what makes me move. So it was just pretty much like this process of me continually trying to find out what like what made it feel visceral to me. And then, I, you know, for this latest EP, I was just I started singing again, which was different because I kind of thought I had left that in the band realm uh-huh. a little bit. But then I was like, mm, fuck that. <laughs> you should just go for it you know like i started kind of humming stuff to myself or whatever and i was like dude the only thing you really know how to do is kind of do this so like maybe you should use it you know so it just took that evolution over time it's funny that the most industrial music when you like I don't know, like when most people think about it, it's just like, uh, you know, that people are dressed up all, you know, like it's fucking Halloween every day. And like it is kind of has this abrasive <laughs> nature that's hard to listen to and everything. But underneath it all, it's and I don't I don't mean this with any disrespect, but it's just disco. You know, it's just disco for like us, you know, punk fuck ups that like just want to dance. And like it's underneath oh, most yeah. of it. It's just super funky. And um, it's uh, I just I love it. Even like, you know, songs like Thieves by Ministry or, uh, or sure. anything by KMFDM or whatever, like Juke Joint, Je- uh, Joint Jezebel and all that. It's just like, it's real just dance pop and it's just like going to an industrial show and just seeing everybody dancing. It's just like, there's nothing evil at all about this. This is just amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's sort of, I think you're totally right. Like that's sort of the trick a little bit too, right? Like if you think about, you know, like what, what was happening at the time, right? Like technologically mm-hmm. speaking, right? Like 808s, 909s, 
you know, th- those machines, right? It's like, these are the, the, the tools of the time, right? And so what were developed out of those things, techno, hip hop, mm-hmm. house music, industrial, right? The, like it, there wasn't like this kind of like infinite buffet of sounds like there is today too, right? So it's really a lot of different perspectives on the same tool, you know, like kind of moving forward. So like, it's not like you can get things that are so, so far away from it. It's just different communities and aesthetics sort of applying the tool to these like kind of different points of view. And I think that that's really interesting. And a lot of those points of view, I mean, right. Like hip hop, you could dance to it. Techno house, you could dance to it. Same thing with industrial. It just kind of had a little bit more of, you know, the community came out of, you know, wax track, Chicago, punk right like it just kind of at least the the american side of it kind of developed out of out of that and it's just very interesting so to me it's just kind of like again like a point of view right on on that sort of thing you could look at a guitar the same way right i mean the the possibilities as you well know are are like kind of limitless as far as like what you want to what you want to achieve so that's what it kind of was for me and i just wanted to kind of sort of put into play the songs I would want to hear at like, uh, like 1am New York city, 3am Berlin. Like I think about stuff like as if I'm going to DJ them, like what I want to listen to this at 1am in New York. That's yes. awesome. Do you okay. approach it as, as a DJ live or do you, I mean, have you thought about fleshing the whole thing out or like, what, what, what are your opinions on full on industrial bands? Like, you know, you see a band like ministry with a real drummer and things like, or nine inch nails or anything like that. Not that they're necessarily like your average industrial group uh but you know like uh, but i've also seen you know bands like youth code uh and things like that they're just like it's just a a laptop a couple samplers and uh you know singers but it's it's so it's funny to me because i love the energy of a full band and everything like that but sometimes it can take away from the industrial like dance club aspect like what do you what do you think about that like how do you perform yeah i think that that's totally i mean there's no that's just kind of interesting about this because it's kind of like uh uh choose your own adventure kind of Mm -hmm. scenario right and like yeah and to me it's just about the performance and how cool it is you know like uh i've seen you know kanga she's on her own and she was awesome you know each time i've seen youth code i mean devastating show like so good live right um and then you know i've seen skinny puppy and they have a drummer and then ogre and then kevin key playing a bunch of synths but they run some tracks it seems like you know i'm not like totally under the hood there but to me it's just what's going to make it awesome you know like Mm -hmm. it it doesn't really matter you know and that's kind of the funny thing it kind of goes back to the apex twin thing where he would like you know fall asleep on the couch in front of everyone and just play the track you know um we we could go any which way and in, in a lot of ways it could kind of free you up but for me specifically i literally take two samplers two electron digitax which aren't really meant to like play back music in a lot of ways. Like there's no song mode to them. There's nothing to it. And I pretty much live remix my songs uh, kind of on the fly every time I play. That's awesome. So, so, yeah. So, so there's like room for and stuff like that in there. Yeah. So right now I'm kind of trying to, you know, I'm in like a gross stage with it because it's something I'm trying to really figure out because there's now more singing like they're singing and there's like more like parts you know mm-hmm. before i used to just be like let's fucking jam right yeah so i run both of them through a 
pioneer DJM uh, 900, like a DJ mixer of that kind, right? But it's like uh, before I, I didn't have to worry about singing. So like my hands could be totally occupied and I'm just kind of like in the fucking zone. But now I have to I need to kind of balance a little bit of the jamming and then kind of maybe the memorable part moment, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that's like evolving. I've been looking at some new pieces of gear and stuff like that. I'm trying to kind of keep it myself for the time being because I can easily control myself sometimes. <laughs> um, but that's pretty much how I, I play. And, uh, you know, there's there's like a variance to it that's also kind of scary. Because I'm kind of like, okay, I know all this fits together, but uh, I can put it together kind of any which way I want, mm-hmm. you know? So I kind of got to get into a zone a little bit. And at first, it it could be like, oh, man, I'm a little in my head. But as soon as I kind of get a li- I can get like a little runner's high with it. And then I'm just not thinking. And then it all starts working, you know? And uh, I have to really like pay attention to the clock because <laughs> all of a sudden i'm like 40 minutes went by i'm like holy yeah, shit yeah, absolutely you know? i know exactly what you mean because like uh, we i was just talking with this about uh, uh i was talking about this with bill uh from carcass about like how it just you know you just need to turn your brain off like whenever we're on stage playing guitar and stuff like that i'm really not thinking about anything like, i'm not thinking about the song i'm playing i'm just having a awesome time like just with the crowd like interacting with the crowd like just like jamming with my band things like that but i would be so nervous i wouldn't i don't know if i would be able to turn my brain off when i'm like dealing with samplers and <laughs> like stuff like that well the thing is yeah. it's a it's a really different experience man because it's so less physical right uh-huh. like in in a certain way like you know um i, I actually think that you know it, it's interesting so like what you were saying like you know being in the moment being with the band like the worst shows you've ever played is when you're in your own head when you uh-huh. kind of have a monologue in your head yeah it's done it's bad like we we've, we've all been there right like it's like oh fuck man like this guy and whatever and that thing and you're just like not in the moment when you're not in the moment it's like you've already you've already lost i think but when I was playing, I'm like, I'm like running around and screaming my face off and it's so physical, you know, like it was like, you know, some like Rollins shit, like mm-hmm. some like I got to be in shape in order to like deliver the the performance. Totally. Mentally, I was really clear kind of afterwards, but I was so... Um, I was like a mess, you know, I looked like I just went to the gym, you know, like I was like drenched in sweat, all that kind of stuff. That's how you know you With did this, it right. it's kind of... Yeah, totally. Exactly. With this, it's kind of different because I'm like totally normal afterwards, except that like my brain is sort of exhausted. It like kind of hits like a different zone, you know, where Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of like mentally like super stimulated in like a different way where I'm like really into what I'm sort of doing. And then I like will look up and I like will see the crowd, get that feedback and then kind of continue along my my path, you know, Mm -hmm. but like uh, it's less... uh, a little less like showmany, and then I've started bringing a little bit of that into it now that I've started singing more, which is finding a balance. Mm-hmm. But it's like really like uh, like a mental high that's like really kind of different, you know. It's like a, a new trip, so it was really a lot to kind of get used to. But it's like super rewarding because you just look up and you be maybe in your machines tweaking stuff, just listening, listening. And you look up and all of a sudden, like you know, a hundred people are like dancing. You're like, oh, okay, like that real-time feedback you're like sweet and that's what i've known how to do because of djing for a long time Mm -hmm. that is fun to me you know so keeping that open-ended that jamming kind of perspective is cool and it keeps it fresh right like when you guys do that in the sword you're like 
you know, playing a, you know, a 45 day tour, you, you know, you open yourself to new experiences each night and for the fans too, you know, it's great. And crowds are different all over the world. I mean, are you, are you trying to take uh, confines uh, out in the road, like a uh, hardcore style? Like I just really like just book a whole world tour. Well, I, you know, I basically, so yeah, I would like to do as much as I can, right? As a human being, obviously I have Vitus, which we just spoke about right. and that's like, it's like being in a band, but just always staying in one place. I, I'm like Billy Joel with the residency at MSV. <laughs> it's like every fucking day, you know, but at the same time, it's, it's beautiful. I love what I do. You know, it's, it's great. Um, and so that's basically going to take its time, but I do want to go and get out there with confines as well. And I've just signed up with a booking agent shout out to Ethan from heavy talent. Awesome. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm looking to definitely do that sort of stuff. And, you know, as I've gotten also older, I'm like in my later thirties now and playing, like I can organize this really uh, well on my own, you know, to kind of still be able to kind of create art and kind of balance the other aspects of, my life pretty much you know so totally. and when you, um, yeah, yeah when you have a bar like that you're 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 married to it i mean you, if you leave it in somebody else's hands like all of a sudden like decisions get made when you're not there and i could i could definitely see that causing some apprehension yeah we're lucky that over the years we just have developed such an amazing team and i got like amazing business partners too that both have played music uh you know over the years more, more than i even have and it's sort of something that's sort of allowed, you know what I mean? And we hire a lot of people who are of our, you know, various music scenes that kind of come through here. So, you know, it's, it's part of it that I've gone away at, at different times, but it has to be like a pretty structured thing. And as it's gotten more successful, it has to, you know, we have to kind of keep our, 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 you know, cross our T's and dot our I's mm -hmm. here, you know? So there's that. And then there's like family, you know, it's like, you know, my girl, we got, you know, my, my, you know, my whole family is still like right around here my parents, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, there's always things to sort of just take care of and, and be around and cultivate here as well, you know, and I wanted to continue making art, but a lot on my own terms that could, you know, kind of have that balance in mind. Uh -huh. So with this sort of project, I mean, shit, man, I could hop on a plane, play a couple of shows, be back. No problem. Totally. You know, wherever. I'm, I'm, I'm down and like, I just have to really, I'm so jealous. Really just, <laughs> yeah. Just got to kind of clear it with, with the, the other things I have to do. So it's pretty awesome in that regard. Yeah. But I was, uh, I've been on tours where, you know, like it's like, like flying tours where, uh, every, you know, like the, the metal fest, like all the bands are flying with all their fucking gear, these mountains of guitars and pedal boards and all this kind of shit. And then we'll be like at the airport at the same time as like the, um, the EDM festival that's going. And it's just <laughs> a bunch of dudes with backpacks and their guarantees are massive. I'm just like, God damn it. We, we, I don't know. We, <laughs> yeah, we totally. might've picked the it's wrong really genre. Funny. I don't know. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it, it just happened stance this way you know it's kind of funny when you look into kind of the yeah that sort of aspect of it but i'll tell you what there's a lot of places in the world with like guitars and stuff there's not a lot of places that have an electron digitax yeah. just hanging around i'm constantly living in fear of what happens if my gear fucks up like mm -hmm. it, because i don't i don't really like i use you know more hardware and stuff so it's uh, it's almost like nuclear. It's like very tricky. So I'm I'm also 
I'm also thinking about that kind of stuff as I evolve when I play live. So far, I haven't had to do too much in a row, et cetera, et cetera, uh-huh. you know? So it's definitely like a concern as I'm like developing shows like in the future too, you know? I'm like, I've thought about that. I'm like, damn, you know, like I, I should probably keep some shit in the cloud. To, like, I don't know, you know? Yeah, um, I, so, I'm, uh, I'm real good friends with uh, Blake uh, from Pig Destroyer, the, the guy that runs all the samples for them. And uh, yeah, I've yes, definitely seen him. I, like, I think the last time I saw them was uh, at the Music Hall of Williamsburg. And, um, you know, just that's like the most chaotic band you've ever seen live, you know, and everything in their crowd is equally as chaotic. And then just one time this dude got on stage to do a stage dive and knocked over Blake's entire table of samplers. And everything. And I was just like, Oh my God. Like, what? yeah. How do, how do you even like, you know, repair any of that or like fix it on the road or anything? I mean, I, that's just a whole different thing. It's like if, if my amp explodes, I can like put some new tubes in it and recalibrate it. No problem. But like, if, yeah, if your sampler fries and like, how do you get a new one? What if that memory card, got compromised what oh my god i never even really thought about like uh yeah that that kind of like dude like it's like those memes of like people like you know 3 (laughs) a.m like what keeps them up at night and stuff that's one of them that's one of them for me in fact one time when i was in london and i played in london this cool halloween party at the black heart shout out to the black heart love the black heart yeah, what a place, right? Fuck, man, I love that place. Mm. But uh, yeah, so I was just like playing, and uh, and and like there was like a little issue, you know, British power conversion, you know. Oh God. And uh, and one of my samplers didn't turn on randomly, and it didn't turn on for like an hour until I figured it out. That hour was a rough hour. Uh-huh. That's like chopping. That's like chopping your right arm off. Like if you could only play with your left or something, it was like absolutely insane so i learned a hard lesson that day but it was only one show and luckily it all ended up panning out and i figured it out but uh yeah you gotta, it's you like bring that 220 converter man you got <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah dude, i don't know man and uh i'm not great on the details so we'll see what happens in the future but yeah i'm a lucky lucky dude you know i get to be around music and play music and do things kind of um on a on a great level you know whether it's you know running the biz or you know doing confines so yeah i'm blessed man booking bands. I love is, there, it. is there still a um is there a band that's like your ultimate dream band to get into vitus that you haven't booked yet i'll tell you what i'm gonna make an ofi- an official proclamation right let's here do it, let's do it right now i i've i've had napalm death booked twice and it fell through once because of the pandemic napalm death is right now my current white well they're they're the one that has gotten away multiple times this is doable it's, this it, is totally it's so doable. it's it's doable it's totally doable like it's just one of those things that for 10 years has eluded me barney mike if you're listening yeah <laughs> go to brooklyn it's just i'm just saying i'm putting it out there you know what i mean a little harmony corruption for the fucking boys let's fucking hang out it would be lovely but yeah, that's a band that obviously one of the greatest bands in like, you know, extreme metal that's ever existed, you know, and uh, it's just been something that's just like, ooh, you know, and for whatever reason, uh-huh. you know, not unlike the sword, Kyle, not unlike the sword, <laughs> but we won't, we won't, we won't go too close to home. The so sword. the diplomatic answer is Napalm Death. 420 
St. Vitus Bar. It's happening. Uh, I'm just saying, like, come by for like a week. <laughs> we'll make it worth it. <laughs> so, well, yeah, dude, thank you pretty... so much for coming on the program, man. I really appreciate it. I love Vitus Bar. Uh, the Confines new record, or it's an EP, comes out uh, December 3rd. And uh, yeah, I always ask my musical guests if they want to play a track off of it. Is there anything that you'd like to, uh, to drop on here? Do a little uh, world debut? Oh, yeah, sure, man. Uh, I would say the track Oro y Muerte, which means golden death in Spanish. That would be the, the track. Well, we're going to do that right now. Uh, again, Dave, thank you so much for all you've done for the New York scene over the years. And uh, just, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing where Confines takes you. Awesome. Thank you so much. And, you know, for having me and, you know, talking about all this stuff and, uh, you know, walking the same fight as any time and uh, it'll be a projectile free uh, experience. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, man. Awesome. Take care, Kyle. Take it easy, man.
Thanks so much for tuning into the highway this week. A big shout out to Reverend Guitars, Railhammer Pickups, and Earthquaker Devices. If you liked what you heard, you can follow where you can follow, subscribe where you can subscribe, and if you want to go one step further, you can support us on Patreon at The Highway with Kyle Shutt. For a few bucks a month, you can help us keep this party going, get early access to next week's episode, and even get yourself a shout out. 